The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, what is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, what shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do so that when I'm removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another, to, to another the steward said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here is your promissory note. Write one for 80. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us, at one point or another, have made a mistake or done something that we regret. And the true measure of the person is not if this happens, because we're human, so it will. The true measure, which speaks to our integrity, our honor, and our relationship with God, is how we respond when it does happen. The lessons we learn, the atonement we do, and the corrections we make to change for the better. Today's gospel on the parable of the dishonest steward gives us an inspirational and instructive example of this. Because while what the dishonest steward did was wrong, it is how he subsequently acted and dealt with the situation that provides us with important lessons. Let's explore that. We'll begin with some context so that we understand. During Jesus' time, a steward would act as a fully empowered agent of their master, managing and executing the master's affairs. They would collect rent from tenants, oversee any debts owed to the master, and manage the master's estate. The steward would be allowed to stay on the property rent-free, but wouldn't otherwise be paid. And this led to some corrupt and dishonest practices, where these stewards often abused their position. They would charge more than what was actually owed to the master, 
and pocketed the difference. It's the same type of corrupt practice that tax collectors at the time used, earning them a notorious reputation and the label of sinner. Not only was this fraudulent practice hurtful to the debtors, but it also brought disgrace and shame to the master. So the master in our parable confronts the dishonest steward about his practices. What is this that I hear about you, he says. And it is how the steward responds to the master's challenge which gives us our first lesson. You see, the steward responds by bravely and humbly accepting responsibility for what he's done. There is no compounding the sin with cover-ups and lies. There are no cunning pleas of innocence. There are no deflections by trying to blame others. There is no use of plausible deniability, that last refuge of the evasive scoundrel. There are also no crocodile tears pleading for his job back. In that moment, there is only clarity and self-recognition, the damage that he's done to the master, to others, and to himself. What the steward did was wrong. And he knows it. He knows he needs to atone for it and change his ways. He knows he needs to win back the trust of his master and his fellow citizens. So what does he do? Well, he's already taken the crucial first step by tacitly admitting what he's done and taking responsibility for it. Our steward is now on the road to redemption. But he knows it'll take more than just words to repair his damaged relationships. It'll take action, too and the steward is prepared to do it. So he calls in his master's debtors one by one and asks them, how much do you owe my master? One says 100 measures of olive oil, and the steward says, write down 50 on an IOU because that's all you really owe my master. The rest is my fraudulent amount. And when the other said, I owe 100 cores of wheat, the steward responded, put down 80 on the IOU because that's all you really owe. The extra 20 was my dishonest cut. You see, the steward didn't just accept responsibility for what he did. He didn't just say sorry and think that was sufficient. He took concrete action and actually disgorged the ill-gotten gains. What the steward originally did was dishonest, yes, but there are valuable lessons for us in how he responded, demonstrating integrity, honor, and true contrition. But the other important lesson for us to learn from this parable is why the steward decided to respond properly and do the right thing. He was caught, but he could have skedaddled and scarpered off with the master's funds. My relationship with my master is ruined, he might have reasoned, so let me cut ties now and find a new master and get a fresh start. He could have done that, after all, he certainly demonstrated a proclivity toward dishonesty, hasn't he? But he doesn't flee because he's had a conversion, an epiphany, a change of heart. And it's the source of that conversion which teaches us our second important lesson. So why does the steward experience a conversion? Why does he turn from his dishonest ways? Well, maybe the steward read today's first reading from the book of Amos that tells us to be honest and not cheat people by fixing scales or charging usurious rates or selling chaff as wheat. God is always watching. 
But I think his conversion resulted from being personally confronted by the master, where our steward could see the sadness and disappointment and hurt in his master's eyes that ultimately turned his heart. In that moment, the steward realized how much the master meant to him and how little everything else mattered. He realized how transitory and fleeting wealth actually is compared to the love and esteem of his master. The steward recognized the incompatibility of serving his master whilst simultaneously being a slave to riches, and that if he would have just faithfully trusted his master as his master had trusted him, it would have gone so much better. So to get back into his master's good graces, he needed to act quickly and decisively. And so he developed a plan that showed prudence and a good deal of ingenuity. Let me use this transitory wealth, which I can't take with me anyway, to do some good in this world while I can. Let me aim to store my treasures in heaven. Let me prove to the master that I am an apt student and I've learned his lesson well. For if I show mercy to the debtors by reducing their debts, then I am, by proxy, reflecting the goodness and generosity of my master. And so then maybe the master will then show mercy to me. The beauty of this story is that our steward wasn't perfect. He was flawed. He was a sinner. He did wrong, egregiously so. Indeed, he was very human. But the master still saw good in him. He saw redeemable qualities, a spark of character and integrity, that when facing a crisis, the master knew the steward would do the right thing. So while there still would be temporal consequences for the steward, he's still gonna lose his job and his reputation will be damaged in the near term and certainly his ego would take a hit but the master is willing to give him a chance to make things right. And the master judged correctly, as the master always does. Because when the steward honestly self-reflected on the situation, he recognized a simple truism expressed elsewhere in the gospel. It is, I think, one of the most powerful rhetorical questions in all of Holy Scripture, and it goes like this. For what does it profit a person to gain the whole world only to forfeit their soul. When we refract the light of our lives, our words, our deeds, through the lens of that one question, then we learn the true wisdom of the steward, to love and serve the master, and to be good to one another, is all that we really need. <clears throat>